Hello, and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece. Oh, and I'm Peter, your other co-host. This week we're doing Bob Part 2. Okay, but just Bob real quick. Reverse. I feel like people think I'm doing a bit that, like, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot my intro. No, I legitimately forget to do it. <laughs> it is really hard for you to remember. It's Thank not a bit. Yourself. If it was, it'd be a bad one. Yeah, it's a stupid <laughs> bit. a while. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Anyway, so Bob Part 2. We promised you some Bob hate. Here it comes. Yeah, picking up from Bob. where we left it last week. <laughs> what did you say? What? Whatever. Bob the Progenitor. Uh, Father the, Bob. The, the OG Bob. Well, O-R Bob. That's original replicant for you. Uh, Stupid. Yeah. So I already made an O joke. Yeah, well, that was two week. weeks ago. <laughs> It was an hour ago for us, but for them it's two weeks ago. <laughs> God, jeez, don't look behind the scenes. Now you know. Those are production secrets. <laughs> They've got us now. We've been made. You guys caught We're doing an entire month worth of recording in one evening. <laughs> we actually have only ever recorded on one day. <laughs> this is just... All those jokes about how we forgot the dates. Yup. That was a joke. That's why we sound really tired sometimes. because <laughs> <laughs> we've been recording for 17 hours. Help us. <laughs> Save us from ourselves. Anyway, Father Bob. By the way, I feel like Bill's more the father of the Bobs than Bob One. Yeah, Bob One was like, uh, actually, he was like super absent. He's an absentee father. Bob, no, really oh, I've got it. He created a bunch of kids and then ran away. Yeah, and then Bill's the oldest brother who's kind of just taking care of the family. Oh my god, you're so right. He's the one who steps into the father role when the father goes off and becomes obsessed with the sentient race in the Stone Age. Uh, the <laughs> story's all his time, you know? <laughs> That's what happened with our dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes me feel bad, because dad's perfect. He is perfect. Our dad's flawless. But anyway, Bob goes on an adventure. He gets freaked out by the clones and runs far away um, and discovers a planet with sort of a Stone Age level sentient species in delta eridani yes delta eridani yeah um and he creatively yeah. names the uh the stone I mean, they're not even stone age are they they're they're you know yeah, what? No, they're, they they're discovered the beginning of the stone age they literally discover the stone age while he's there well no i mean there's a history there's a history of them using stone weapons but it's like lost because they're in a population bottleneck which happened to humans so it's not necessarily a death sentence yeah i mean uh so what happened with the deltans was like they had a civilization kind of going on, like a, basically a denser area of camps, and then they were using stone, and like all this flint, flint, sorry, and then basically everyone that knew how to use flint died except for like one. Moses. Uh, yeah, Mo- old Moses. Because old Moses. Bob was like, "Hey, listen, let's not figure out names for these people. Let's just give them names, and like kind of like a a pet owner." So basically, he saw the Daltons as pets. <laughs> kind of did a little bit. So Bob gets, like, way too involved with these people. So it's obviously extremely interesting, and I would, like, kill to see it. Um, a species, like, sort of just, like, at the beginning of its intelligence. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can actively see it evolving. Like, there are stone workers, like Peter said, that kind of died out. <clears throat> but there's, like, one in the next generation, so they're, like, maybe it's a recessive thing. Um well, that is and smart. he becomes, like, obsessed with this one kid who seems to, like, be a real creator. Like, he's constantly making things and tinkering with things. So I think Bob relates to him a lot. He's like, that kid's probably such a nerd. Like, no one likes him. <laughs> he really projects a lot on this character who he, who he, you know, titles Archimedes. Yeah, right. I mean, like, 
you see him kind of comparing himself to his you see him comparing Archimedes to his peers and he's definitely like way smarter um He's not necessarily physically feeble. That really wasn't a main thing of it, but it's like his intelligence was definitely what set him apart to Bob, at least. And he was actually who Bob ended up revealing himself. And did he intentionally become a god, or did he just kind of do that accidentally? So here's what happened. Uh, basically, when they figured out that the there was like a flint site where there were like more villages, um, basically it was like the Deltons need flint to survive. There's no flint near where they are. They got here because they kept fleeing from these enemies. The gorilloids, as he calls them. Because they're gorilla-like, I guess. They're like analogs. <clears throat> yeah, they're definitely... So, the, the, they're, they're like what Neanderthals were to humans, originally. If the humans didn't win. Like, I'm not they're, sure they're as closely related. I mean, Neanderthals were like kind of intelligent, right? They just weren't... And I don't think they were eating humans. I mean, maybe. I'm sure there were some They cases. were crossbreeding with humans a they little were, bit. They were just, you know, there's... You can't really decide whether you want to eat it or sleep with it. It's really, Is that it, how you feel a lot? It's, yeah, it's a complicated question, Cece. <laughs> Who really knows these answers? It's a sordid history. Um, yeah, so the... Delton said, like, fled from the site that was really much better for them, so Bob decides that he wants them to go back there. And he decides that the only way to do it is to straight up be like, Hey, Archimedes, I'm Bob! In, like, drone form. And introduces himself and is like, you guys should go back that way. And it's wild, because he literally, he literally is, like, playing the role of God to them. It's like, yeah. freaking, I promise you a land of milk and honey, let's go. Leading, you know, the Israelites out of the desert type of situation. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's really insane. I mean, and it starts with, like, little interferences, right? Like, so Archimedes is in danger from one of these gorilloid raids, and um, Bob, like, kills some of the gorilloids, which I kind of get. I get why you do that. What's interesting is you can really see it spiral out of control, don't you think? Where mm -hmm. he's like, I just don't want this guy to die because he's, like, the key to them evolving. And then he's like, I'm going to tell their entire race to move camp because I've decided that this is better for them. And what drives me crazy about it, Peter, is that he doesn't even scout the location. Not really. Because yeah. he brings them here, and it turns out to have, like, a way more dangerous predator on the periphery who he has to, like, bomb out of existence when, <laughs> when they eventually meet it. Yeah, like, the, uh, it ends up being, like, this basically chameleon griffin. That yeah. can hide from, like, include every, like, various, like, EM sensors as well, which is the crazy thing. Like, that he evolved to be able to be basically invisible. Yeah. It's cray. So um, he ends up killing like. So he of... fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Bob fucked up. He fucked up big time. This is another example um, of Bob like destroying a race that is probably completely like he killed all of the known <laughs> ones of them. Are you kidding me? I would have loved to study their biology. That's totally true. He did kill all the Griffins. I didn't even think about that. But That's yeah, a... no, he's just like Bernadette committing genocide left and right. I mean, granted, they probably weren't intelligent. No, 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 it's not even the intelligent factor. I want to know the biology. But it has some pretty awesome shit going on. I want to know how, like, how the shit they do that. Yeah, also, Bridget like, would kick his ass if she knew. And also, like, maybe you can use that. Like, maybe you can figure out, like, oh, what, you know, maybe they're exuding a yeah. compound that couldn't you use some to be invisible technology? to EM. And if you now they're invisible to EM and you couldn't pick them up at all, and, like, the only way you could get them was su uh, with uh, subspace or sud or whatever it is, like, hell yeah. Sudar. Sudar, that's yeah. it. Yeah. You need that shit. It's, it was very, very short-sighted. Typical it Bob. It was Bob reacting with, like, over undue emotion because he grew this, like, massive emotional connection to this tribe of basically bats. But bat pigs, he calls them. Furry bat pigs. <laughs> that's that's just, so like, endearing. Waits, 
way too close to them. It's so bad. Like, they make this reference in the beginning where they're like, oh, you know, the Prime Directive, blah, 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 which I imagine you all know since you're listening to the sci-fi sidebar, but the Prime Directive (laughs) is a law in Star Trek um, that basically states that you're not going to interfere with any of these intelligent races or any of the, like, affairs of these planets. You're just out there to, like, document and, you know, see what's what. Think that's a fair representation? Yeah, that that would probably be accurate, yeah. So, anyway, so, basically one of them's like, hey, what about the Prime Directive? And another one of them flips out and is like, there's actual, like, sentient beings dying, and we could save them, screw the Prime Directive, that's a fictional law from an old TV show. Which is this perspective I get, but I also think the Prime Directive is, like, kind of a good law to have in place. Like, First of all, because Bob does such a shitty job of protecting the Deltons, just for one thing. Um, But for another thing, I mean, you talk about, like, contaminating indigenous tribes and everything. Like, there's only a couple left that haven't had contact with the outside world. And that definitely has value. Like, let them be, you know? Yeah, so actually this, um, to continue the Star Trek analogy, you, uh, if you look at it, there's a series called Star Trek Enterprise, which is about the first Enterprise commanded by Captain Archer. And uh, great series. You should watch it. Um, but anyway, it's like at that time, Starfleet existed, but there was no prime directive. He was the first real, basically the first human exploratory captain to leave the solar system and like make contact with a lot of intelligent life. And he kind of was making the rules as he went. And so that's kind of how I see like the early Bobs and Bob himself being like he has to go out and you know there is no code, kind of ruling what the Bobs can do. I think that eventually they're going to have to come up with like a, a code of uh, you know, ethics or, or behavioral you know, restrictions. Law seems like a weird term for a, basically a society made up of you, but you know... A, a, <laughs> a, 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 I mean, he does come up with rules for like how the hierarchy will work, so it's not like a totally foreign concept to him. No, right, he's got... Like, this is how it's going to go down. Yeah, so like, I think at some point they're going to have to have a big old Bob moot and say, hey, listen, this is the deal. Because Bob moots are like my favorite thing. I love Bob moots, and I love that they call them Bob moots. I love that they're in bars. So good. I know and they have like weird traditions, and it's like you're all the same person. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Except for like Henry and yeah. eventually Bridget, who are just like chilling. Like, hey, I'm not you. <laughs> they're at like the like at like the bar drinking beer, while all the Bob moots are just like loving themselves. <laughs> It's a good thing Bob's got confidence. Yeah. <laughs> He's not insecure. Bill blows he his air. Doesn't have self hate. Bill blows his air horn. Everyone laughs, and Bill and Henry and Bridget just make eye contact. <laughs> just like these fucking Bobs. Fuck Bobs. Her name's Bridget. You keep saying Bernadette. I don't know. I keep saying Bridget. Bernadette. I know it's Bridget. Uh, yes. Okay. So yes. Anyway. Um. So Bob sucks. Basically, <laughs> Bob got way over involved with this indigenous population. To the point where the population's like, you know what, Bob? Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's my favorite part of it. They're like, uh, yeah, you fucked us. You fucked us good. You did a bad job, and we're over you. Yeah, because he led them into, like, basically a trap. It's just like, he's trying to make them into humans. Like, you're not letting them evolve and take their natural course. I mean, I guess I understand trying to protect them from extinction. I mean, that's a normal impulse, right? But he, like, literally makes all these unilateral decisions for this race of people. Like, their fate is in his hands, and that's just way too involved, in my opinion. Yeah, you see him, like, trying to... We talked about, like, the... Like, him, like, trying to get them to use tents. 
He was like, yeah, use tents. It'll keep you dry at night. And they're like, I don't give a fuck if I'm dry at night. Like, why would I want that? <laughs> why would I care? I have fur. Yeah, I <laughs> Shake have fur. it out. Chill, fam. Uh, <laughs> like, Bob, yeah, no, that's totally true. Bob, I think, is so desperate for another intelligent race that's just not humans. Like, he, was, he wants to have a friendly, intelligent race, I feel like. Yeah, and he's he feels... He explores this a lot on, on his own, too. He's like, I'm so lonely. Like, I miss my family. And, like, he makes, makes the Deltons his new family. Like, they're totally replacing that. Like, Archimedes is his new, like, brother. And he bonds with them, like, really extremely. And to the point where he eventually, like, makes a, a, an android that looks like them and, like, lives with them for 20 years. Yeah. I'm stretching, like, his, his dust-gathering spaceship in orbit around this planet. Like, not doing <laughs> anything. Like, I... Mean- That's why... Marvin's eventually like, I'm gonna just go. <laughs> yeah, Marvin at this point feeling a very voyeur sensation of him just watching this. He's kind of a third wheel. Yeah. Uh, between Bob, between Bob and, and the Deltons. Th- all the Deltons. The entire race. <laughs> well, no, it, it is nuts to me. It is, it is... Bob's, weird. like, close enough, though, to, like, be annoyed with, um... Archimedes like choice of mate and everything and like care about his kids and stuff it's just too close man it's just too close yeah you want an observer like, to like friend which is not what you should have done yeah I mean yeah it's I don't know maybe it's personal opinion but he shouldn't have controlled them the way he did agreed but especially cause it's again ditched everything he totally did while he's like obsessing over this race humanity is facing a threat from his like savage alien entity that wants to destroy them what's so funny to me is that there's like a couple of bobs who are just not involved in the race to save humanity at all yeah there are bobs who were created specifically to like do battle with the others and then on the other side of the spectrum there's bobs who are like i'm gonna go sit at a campfire with my homie archimedes (laughs) no that's so true you said and like go hunt pigs you mentioned me before we started recording how you found it weird that like there are bobs that are created to go fight like yeah that would suck like you're soldier bob <laughs> you are the war bob one of a couple <laughs> although one of the war bobs named itself con and i think that's fucking awesome one of the war bobs that's named- like nerd metal yeah that that was pretty sweet actually um, <laughs> wait okay so back to hating on bob here's the weird thing not only did he disengage himself from like the rest of the 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 bob verse but like he didn't do anything else in that solar system like he could have that shit going like, he created his one... He like After he got the android, basically, he didn't do anything in the solar system there. He just just hung out. All he did was chill on the sneak with yeah. Archimedes and his fam. Like, he could have had shit going. Like, he, I'm sure he had, like, you know, some busters being created, but, like, he could have, like, maybe developed, you know, something. Because, like, if you're an artificial... <laughs> I'm like Bill, who's busting his ass over at Epsilon Arydne, well, trying to make sure you all have good VR... Even, like, just, like, you know, maybe building an upgrade for his ship. Like, he had a pretty old generation of, uh, of, of heaven vessel. Do something, Bob. Or, like, I don't know, build, like, a defense platform out in the solar system so, like, the Deltans will be safe after you leave. Like, even, like, you could do things for the Deltans. Create, like, a, a super, oh, an advanced space station so that one day when they're a spacefaring race, they can come out and find it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, something. I don't know how it's supposed anything. to survive, like, the thousands and thousands of years it would take for them to be spacefaring but i see what you're saying um yeah no i think he just it's like the fact that he straight up talks to them like i was i was with it while he was like you know killing a gorilla here or there to like you know up their odds Mm -hmm. once he started directly being like hi i'm bob you should go this way and he never like calls himself a god or, or anything like that like i really don't think it was 
like a megalomaniacal like ego thing i think he just literally like super cared but like by being this seemingly all-knowing entity from outer space like he was a god to them yeah absolutely it's, like, uh, if that happened to us, it would totally explain why there are so many religions who believe in gods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so true. Like, maybe, like, you know, some... Uh, like, that's why, like... Maybe some alien took a liking to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there are those theories about how, like, the Indi- uh, the Hindu gods came from that because, like, some of their skins are blue. <laughs> like, maybe they were aliens. <laughs> there you go. It fixed everything. Solves it. <laughs> aliens. Nailed it. Go me. A+. plus. <laughs> Humanity is totally cool. Yeah, so fuck Bob. <clears throat> Do we have anything else to say about Bob? No, I think Bob's pretty much trashed. <laughs> fuck Bob. I don't even think he learns that much from it, though. I mean, basically all the Bobs, like, swear off chilling with ephemerals from then on, which is a term I like. Bill hates it, but I like it. I like it because, like, he does describe, like, all right, the Bobs are human-ish, but they are something different. They are, they can do more than humans. That like, That's pretty clear. And I, I, so I like the idea that, like, all right, I don't know why they don't, I think it's where they don't call them, like, the humans. I think it shows that the Bobs still think of themselves as fully human. Um, I mean, Cause they don't I don't say think they do think of themselves as human. Especially the further they get from Bob. Like, that's, that's one of the things they mention is that, like, the later generations, like, the newer Bobs, um, refer to the humans as ephemerals, but, like, the first generation doesn't really, especially Bill, who's, like, adamantly against it, because he thinks that it, um sort of dehumanizes humans right like it it makes them seem like their lives don't matter in a way because you're like well it's ephemerals like our lives matter because we're basically immortal their lives don't matter as much just in a subconscious way which i get i do get that but because you know like we think that but they like, are they need a name for them right like unless they say humans which makes them seem not human right but I'm, th- I'm saying like i think it seems like even in the older generations like they're still claiming to the fact that they are human yeah no it's important to them yeah. they're like obsession with real vr and everything I think it's pretty cool, and it kind of shows, like, it, I think it very much gives you a peek into the psych- psychology of the later Bobs. Yeah. The later Bobs are very interesting. Yeah. I, mean, I hope so, that he comes out with a series that's, like, a couple thousand years in the future, and we can see what happened. That'd be a pretty interesting book, actually. Right? Like, just, like, a... I, honestly, like, I feel like it might end up being, like, a... Uh, hmm. Okay. Maybe it's going to be, like, humans are spreading out, because obviously, like, all right, well, we've got interstellar travel down, like, we've got cryogenics and shit like that. Humans are traveling between stars now. That's a thing. So, like, they can colonize right. other worlds once they rebuild their population centers. But, like, uh-huh. I'm kind of imagining, like, a, a you know, a lots of humans, like, a, a thousand years in the future, like, there's, like, a human network of, of civilizations. They probably are communicating through, sud, uh, through uh, the, like, the SUD. Scott. Uh, they probably have, like, their own network. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just like a series of kind of meandering bobs like everywhere, like you know maybe a yeah. bob will show up in your solar system, like it's yeah. just kind of like that's like, true. Almost like they are a separate alien race. Yeah, exactly. But they're like you know, ideally anyway, like still pretty benevolent, but like don't really get tied down in the uh, the happenings of your <clears> little <throat> world. I wonder if they'll stop reproducing eventually. Like, once humanity's kind of taken care of, like, they don't really have this imperative anymore to find planets. I think they will. Like, I wonder if they'll stop cloning themselves. Because they don't... They don't face solitude if they don't, you know? Because that used to be the case. Before they invented the scut, it was like, oh, if you don't reproduce, then you're going to be, like, alone in your system working. And while you're sort of okay with that, you're not okay with that forever. I think there's still, like, a physical thing, though. Like, it's one thing to, like, be one ship in that system... 
it's better. Like, I would prefer to have two. Like, if I was, like, you know, a couple heaven vessels, I'd rather have, like, three heaven vessels in a system as opposed to just myself. Because even if I can go get to the Bob Moot, I'm still going to know mentally that it's still, like, there's nothing <coughs> physical about it. Just because I'm connected with the other Bobs doesn't mean, you know, they're, they're with me. Well, which one of them made the um, pilgrimage back to Earth? Was that Bob 1? I think Bob 1 goes back to Earth after Archimedes dies of old age. I think he does, yeah. He ends up, like, just trying to kind of wander around the stars before he decides what he's going to do. Yeah, so he goes back to Earth just because he, like, wants to physically be there. And I think that there is still, like, a sense of that. Like, physical presence matters even though you can contact instantaneously any of the other Bobs. Yeah. I'm curious how many new replicants there will be over time. Because by the end of the series, you know, obviously we have Henry, but he's not really, like... He's not really going down that road because he almost lost his mind. Well, did lose his mind for a while mm-hmm. <clears throat> until they got it back. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, Bridget. Do you think Bridget will replicate? I think Bridget might have some. I th- well, honestly, like I think like I. She'll never she- be Bob prolific. I don't think. I don't think she'll ever be Bob prolific. I think like there might be an idea of like her and Howard might eventually want like quote unquote kids. They have kids. They adopt kids. Human kids. I don't if think I they adopt kids. human kids, but like maybe they. It's crazy. Maybe they'll get past the ephemerals. I don't know. I wonder if they're going to adopt ephemeral kids and then their ephemeral kids are going to get replicated and then they'll, like, have an immortal family. What the fuck? <laughs> I, like, I wasn't even thinking about talking about them, but, yeah, no, that's actually, like, a huge question for me. Like, that's so weird. They, ha- most of the Bobs, basically everyone except Howard by the end of the series is like, I'm not going to hang out with ephemerals anymore. It's too heartbreaking. Like, you know, I love these people and they're so important to me and then I lose them after, like, a blink of an eye in my lifespan. Like, I'm not down with that anymore. But... I mean, Howard falls in love with Bridget, and Bridget, like, ages and everything and dies, but she decides to become replicated. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, they have this life together where they have, like, an apartment, and they live as androids in that apartment sometimes, and then they adopt kids, and they're, like, raising these ephemeral kids. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, talk about setting yourself up for heartbreak! Those kids yeah, are gonna age and die! You're raising... I mean, I mean, and then their, their kids are gonna age and die. And Bridget's kids, the real kids, are going to age and die. Like the ones and you're going to have to hang out with them because you're their grandparents. You can't just peace out. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, granted, one of Bridget's kids is a total dick. Well, Bridget's kids are <laughs> that kid can suck it. I, I it's easy. Like we, you know, you and I both know that like just because your kids are total dick doesn't mean like you don't stop caring. That's true. Mom and Dad still love us. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. I think Bridget. Yeah. What do you think, guys? Are Bridget ends up reconnecting with her kids? What what do I think that she will? Do you think she'll end up like? I think she that does gap? with her with her two uh, with her uh, one daughter and a boy. Yeah, but like the the oldest daughter, right? That's I don't know. Maybe at the end of life, her daughter will reach out to her. Maybe I just don't understand why they're so adamantly against it. They were like religiously against replication. It was crazy. Well, the one was especially because like you know when Howard was around, like they kind of liked Howard at first. Yeah, they were chill with Howard. Yeah, Howard, but like it was as soon as like Howard was like, hey, listen. You should get replicated. That was like the the line. It was like a stepdad thing, kind of. I think they were creeped out that Howard was like in love with their mom, even though he was a machine. Like they were cool with him when they could think of him as like an artificial intelligence. And but when like he like started exhibiting all these human feelings, they were like, "No, that's creepy. I'm not into that." Yeah, but then eventually, like the android ended up being like almost indistinguishable from a human form. Yeah, no. Which is like, my but that weirds them out because they know it's not. Okay, yeah, but you they know that, like, you're actually living that um, spaceship that's orbiting our planet right now. Like, you're not here, really. You can, like, mentally know that, though, but, you know, when you <laughs> I mean, see it... mean, does it matter? It kind of... I, I don't know. I, I think her kids are the worst, though. 
Like, seriously, what yeah. the fuck, guys? I mean, it completely disrespected her, her wishes. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah. Your mom and the fact that the one daughter was going to, like, sabotage it, like, yeah. have her mo- mom thaw so she couldn't be replicated, that's fucked up. That was crazy. I like that confrontation, though. Like, how... And Bridget was such a strong-willed woman, and, like, the fact that her kid's like, oh, you just totally brainwashed her into doing this, like, that's so insulting. I'd be so mad if somebody thought that about me. Yeah. No, I totally agree. But, like... Like, hi, uh, I am autonomous. I make my own choices. Thank you. I really like that scene, though, where she was like, ah, well, you know, it's too late anyway. Uh, He's like, JK, Bill had my back. Yeah, JK, Bill fixed it. Bill from, like, goddamn... I don't even know what's this. Epsilon Aridney. It was Epsilon Aridney, and he's just, like, chilling, being the Avenger. <laughs> Swooping in in his fucking Iron Man suit. <laughs> oh my god, why are they making Iron Man suits? <laughs> Give it time. I mean, they have the flying AI, and, or the flying androids, and I'm like, yes, I want to do that. Oh my god, yes. I totally get where Bill's coming from with building, like, this series of of like biologically different like, kinds of androids yeah exactly like, the different kinds of androids that like mimic life yeah i'd be totally does. into that absolutely all the stuff bill does is so great he just makes life better for bobs everywhere okay no here's he's a, a real giver all right so to follow up on a question i asked you last time would you with this like infinite network of bobs would you be replicated then would you consider that like, if you're in Bridget's situation, not not with Howard, but, like... If I was in love with one of the no, bobs. No, 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 no. Yeah, like, if, you, if you were, like, friends with... You know, I feel like you maybe, like, had worked with some bobs. Like, you knew, like, they were pretty chill. You know? I was pro-bob. Yeah, you, And I knew you, what it turned out to be if yeah, you replicated. I exactly. wouldn't know. You knew it didn't, like, destroy your soul or something. It, like, you know... The, at least the first time, it was a pretty close copy, because they, they know that from the original bob. So, like, would you consider that? Because, like, you know, I feel like for me... The unknown of freezing my brain for you know hundreds of years is very different from oh I get replicated and I wake up in this heaven vessel and I'm like am not only connected to the rest of humanity as I left it but also this infinite network of bobs who like I, yes. I guarantee at least one of them I'd be chill with. I'd be much more likely to do it then. I would not rule it out. I would have to have a reason to do it. I don't feel like I have a compelling reason to do it, other than just sort of like a general curiosity. But I don't know if it drives me enough. I think I would do it in a heartbeat. Do you? I think like one hundred percent. If I died in the in the world that they had were working on building in the end of the series, I would I would ask to be replicated in a heartbeat. But you know what's good about it is like you're immortal, but you have a way out. <laughs> I know that's grim, but like I really, I don't know. The idea of immortality always scares the shit out of me. Like just infinite life. Yeah. No, mm. for sure though. And like especially it like, makes the me feel not good. That can't die at all. Like the, yeah, idea, that's the idea that terrible. there is an option is great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, if it ever drives you crazy, just uh, pull a homer. Just build an explosive, I guess. Uh, <laughs> for once. Yeah, no, for sure. For I, once in your stupid life, build an explosive. <laughs> <laughs> the first time. Or you overload your reactor, which I think is what Homer did. Yeah, well, Homer, you know, didn't enjoy irony, I guess. <laughs> um, yes. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I'd be. I would be not ruling it out at all if i was like tight with a replicant and he was like i was like in love with him or just like he was my best friend ever and he was like hey it's gonna be awesome like think about all the things we're gonna learn and you know i feel like if i was bridget and howard was howard and he was pitching it to me i'd be like yeah let's do it yeah for sure i don't really remember what bridget's original objections were i think she was just creeped out by it i think she like wanted she didn't want to like, cause she, she had a husband, she, you know, she had loved him, he died, she had children. I don't think she had like, the idea of, like, 
you know, cutting away from her human life so much. Yeah, I guess that's right. She, she, she had a human life that she like, loved. Not only outlive her husband, but also become immortal. Yeah. I think that option made her feel weird. Especially because, like, her husband and Bob and her had, like, worked closely together in the early years. Yeah. It's very interesting, that whole thing. Yeah, that was very weird. But, um... Uh, I, like, how about Howard, like, discover of that? It was kind of heartbreaking, even though, you know, Howard's, like, a replicant and that really was weird in the first place. Like, how he yeah, discovered that. Yeah, it was that. extremely sad. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a bummer. And that was, like, before they had androids or anything, so he really had, like, no chance to actually be with her. He just was, like, watching and, like, talking to her in a video chat. It's, like, the worst long-distance relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, the longest Permanent distance long distance. No. And then he's in a different system, and he comes back to say hi. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it was it's uh it's weird i um you know one of the weird things about the series that i, I really enjoy is uh, you haven't watched alter carbon yet have you no i'm going to soon though all right so alter carbon is this awesome show no on netflix which um basically the, the part that matters to this is that they have humanity has kind of you know progressed <clears throat> we've, we've spread across a couple stars it's well in the future and everyone has these things called stacks on the top of their spinal column stacks and on stacks on stacks. basically there is stored your consciousness like your brain um Right. And you can choose after you die to like be spun up and like maybe like people can like your family can like rent your like rent a body for you. Like a sleeve they call them sleeves. Gross. And like so um say uh it's like the weirdest form of prostitution ever. So it's like Ew. say, you know, Christmas, say like mom and dad die. And you know, around mm-hmm. Christmas time you wanna pay for to rent, you know, a couple sleeves. And mom, you can spin up mom and dad's stacks to come and hang out with Christmas and see us for the holidays. Gross. Yeah, it's super weird. But like, also they have these things called you can like pay to have your consciousness something called needle casted, which is like not really well described. But I'm assuming it's some sort of instantaneous interstellar communication that's really expensive. But you can have Very your cool. consciousness needle cast to another colony, and like jump into a sleeve there, which I kind of feel like is like the bobs when the, once they have. Uh, so, when they uh, had the androids, what they have scut in the androids, yeah. How like, yeah. Someone would like have it, like I think who was it in this old that system had like had an android in their cargo bay, and Howard was like, hey, can I borrow that for the funeral? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like that's kind of a, it's like it's a very weird thing, and I'm totally more on board with it being androids though than like human bodies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Howard was actively like exploring the stars when he like started kind of dating Bridget. He was in a completely different system. Yeah, which is, like, real <laughs> wild. And it's, like, Super long wild. distance and also not because he has a physical android there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really... It just requires, like, a whole new way of thinking, the idea of living that way. Yeah, which is a very cool idea to me. Like, oh, that's... What, what else is sci-fi for than that, though? <clears throat> yeah, I know. That's why we love sci-fi. That's why we started a podcast about it. It makes you think. That's true. All right, what other topics do we have? Uh, I mean, we have the paths. I don't feel like there's a ton to say about that, except that it was chill that they saved them. <laughs> Good job, Bobs. <laughs> yeah, I think it was chill that they saved them. I think it was kind of cool how the path like, immediately turned around and like, all right, listen, we want to develop at our own rate. We don't like want your technology. We, like, thanks for the help, but we don't want any help. Yeah, that was very mature of the paths. Yeah, that was pretty cool, because I think, like, if you did that, we'd be like, hey, what weapons do you have? <laughs> the rockets? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean... Obviously, the paths are very emotionally mature because they're all polyamorous, so you have a lot of emotional maturity there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're an interesting race. That was, like, a good example of having them be very different from humans, but not so different that we couldn't, like, grasp them. Yeah, exactly. Like, you could understand the path. Like, they didn't have... 
like clearly they had a slightly different social structure um in terms of like the family units and like not they had sort of a different different yeah like yeah some people do it usually not to that extent because they had like an eight eight person like group of adults would like all raise their kids together yeah um, that was so weird but also like a little bit cool yeah it's interesting I mean it's like it's different you know it's a different social structure and it's like everyone did that um but they also like the way they reacted to Bob helping them out like it seems like they're kind of self-serving in a way because they're like okay so what do you want from us like why why are you letting us do this like well they seem like a very corporate race yeah that's a good word for it they're very corporate they're very like so what's in it for you they're yeah they're traders and business oriented and it's not like, oh, we don't trust you. It's just like, oh, you wouldn't have done this if you didn't have, like, a reason to. So what's your reason? We want yeah, to know. What payments did you want? Yeah, exactly. The idea of, like, a, of, you know, being strictly for, I don't remember the word. Like, the like is Like, philanthropy is completely alien to these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing things because they're good and not because it benefits you. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, we were talking about, like, malevolent and benevolent alien races like that's another option just like transactionally in races like all right cool like i don't really care if you're different like what do you have for me like what do you have that can benefit me and how can i make get that over here what do you want yeah i feel like they'd be helpful allies down the line once they become spacefaring it seems like they're not that far from it because they live in steampunk world which is pretty cool yeah <laughs> steampunk for sure. uh meerkat yeah people. there's gotta be some cool cover art about this somewhere oh yeah i've been looking at any fan art for the pads i bet it's awesome I, uh, I actually yeah. don't know like how popular these books are. How many people have read them? Well, more people listen. They to have podcasts. a subreddit, so at least a little bit popular. So actually, I was kind of this weird idea. Like, you know, they never make any mention of like how they check back in on the on these these species that they found. Because like now they found two intelligent races. They found evidence of several more. So intelligence is obviously pretty regular. Like, do you think they set up mm-hmm. like observation stations or anything? Or do you think they just leave them? I think they set up observation. Well, I mean, with the path. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Because with the PAV, they, like, straight up were like, hey, do you want us around? Like, we'll stick around if you want, like, help you get going. And the PAV said no. So do they just, like, peace? Yeah, I mean, like, they have stations in, like, all of these in all of these systems, right? Like, that's part of their imperative is to build stations. So yeah, the stations were originally built. No, I, I mean, they removed all oh, the Oh, they imperative. need them for, um, for relays. Yeah, they use them for communication relays before Scud. Well, no, uh, Scud apparently, like, dies off after 25 light years, so they still need them. Oh, does it? Okay. Then, yeah, they need it to balance this this guts uh, communications. Well, okay, but they don't need them in, like, all of them. You know, say they find, like... I mean, I don't know, like... I would build, Yeah, no, like, they don't need them all the time. And, like, you don't want to build like, a huge space systems. station either way, because, like, you know, now there's this huge space station in their sky, and they'll one day go to it and maybe break it, and maybe, like, Scud's now crippled. I imagine with, like, the path, they probably left them with a way to communicate with them, like, just in case... Yeah, maybe, maybe like they'll a, check in in like a year and be like, "Still don't need us? Cool, we're yeah. out." <laughs> maybe like an observation platform or something that was good enabled, just to like make sure nothing showed up. Like that yeah. was my concern. Like I don't really care. Like, the pad might, you know, are unlikely to destroy each other very that quickly anyway. Without like some clearly signs. chill. Uh, but like my concern would be like another species or maybe more others showing up. No, totally. And you know, fucking their shit up. And not like you get there in time to save them, but knowing it's out there is pretty valuable. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I, I would, I would, if I were them, <laughs> uh, definitely set up, like, some sort of observation. But they never say explicitly if they do or not, I don't think. Which is weird, because, like, the book is pretty detailed about, like, what they're making. 
Yeah, it's extremely detailed. I feel like some people might not like enjoy it as much just because it is so technical, uh, technically heavy, which is like part of the thing that I like about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely hard it's like, sci-fi. It's like just enough. It's like enough to like satisfy my interest in space, but not so much that it overwhelms my interest in space. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty reason. Like things like tau are like uh, an easy thing to wrap your mind around. You know, they don't talk about like orbital trajectories. In any, yeah, in, they don't talk about like in any way that isn't like really easy to understand. Going, they like, sometimes oh, mention it like using this path. I was like, I was able to calculate this path around this star to have me get out this time or something like that. Which they are, do a lot of like cool. star types and stuff like that, and you're like, I don't know. It took me a while to figure out why a Jovian made a system a good candidate for life. Oh no, yeah, I didn't even know what a Jovian was when I first started reading these. Those books. Those are pretty important. Yeah, it's a Jupiter-like planet, right? The gas giant. Yeah, it's it's. And like you a, need them because they capture asteroids and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're, they're the they're a comet catcher. Yeah. And so they so. keep life because you know comets will regularly. Hit so like in, a more internal planet would be okay because the Jovian would attract all those um, objects. Precisely, it would also clear debris from a solar system early on during planet formation. Yeah, like I had to look that up. Like there's stuff that they just assume that you know. Yeah, for but, sure. I mean, it was also educational, so <laughs> I'm I mean, not mad about it. Up, so you know, yeah, which I'm cool with. Exactly, exactly. Definitely okay. hope you listeners enjoyed it though. Um, yeah, let us know what you think about it, because we really enjoyed it, but, like, we don't really, I don't really know anyone else that would, like, I think would really like that series, that, uh, that book series. You don't know anyone else who would like it? Uh, no, actually. Maybe Liam? I think Zave would like it. Oh, Zave would like this it. This is not a good conversation for the podcast, but I think there are people who would like it. Listen <laughs> to us talk about our family. <laughs> We've, like, named so many people on this podcast. Yeah, we, <laughs> Very, we, we explained it at the beginning, but now we're like, if you don't listen to the first episode, I don't know. <laughs> Liam's my friend. Xavier's our brother. <laughs> That's all we gotta cover right now. Uh, okay, um, so that that's that. What else? What, what else? We wrote down like a list of things, and I forget most of them. So what we got next? I think we covered it all. Wow. Okay. Let's look see. at us. Oh, did we talk about Howard? Like, oh no, we did talk about Howard. We talked about because we we're gonna talk about how weird <laughs> we did talk about Howard. I mean, I don't know if like we covered what we wanted to talk about with him, right? Who was the one who did a coup? One of them did a coup on the on Poseidon. Oh no! I totally forgot about that. Yeah, like, led a coup. There's a lot of Bobs, guys. Forgive me. There's so many Bobs. There's, like, ten generations of Bobs, as mentioned in one of the uh, the books. It's Marvin. Wait, Marcus. <laughs> Shit. Let's <laughs> try it on. again. Nope, we're gone. Hang on. All right, so it's Marcus. So Marcus performed, like, a coup on a... Uh... He helped a coup. He did not single-handedly do a coup. Marcus kind of... That was interesting, though. Yeah, you're right. Because that was, like, he the a coup. society that got corrupt so fast. Yeah, which was kind of, you know... I mean... A bummer. It was very weird. Yeah. So that was the planet where... Oh, that was where airships started. Yeah, where he started the floating cities. Well, yeah, because he invented these floating cities, and the um, council that was in charge was like, mm, 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 nah, we're good. <laughs> they we're they were just, like, trying to keep everyone, I guess, like... I, I don't even know why they weren't into the floating cities. I guess they wanted to keep everything under tighter control, and the cities would somehow challenge that. I'm not really sure. Yeah, that sucked, though, because, like, they're on these pads that, like, could be attacked, theoretically, by wildlife. There's freaking, like, Cthulhu there. Like, it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, Cthulhu's under the water all the time. <laughs> you gotta get out, man. Like, they showed up and people died. <laughs> yeah, like, it was a pretty pretty rough planet to colonize, and I think that it was people from, um, from, like, Malaysia or, like, other island, islandy countries they got there, but even still. Come on. Yeah, so, no, that was pretty that was pretty. Oh, shit. by the way, on that note... You know how we talked about um, the Underverse and how it's like kind of racist because all these different nationalities have different planets? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's basically what happens in this. 
<laughs> that's true. At least in this, it makes sense because it's like as you evacuate people and more planets become available so it's like okay maybe that's how it happened in Enderverse but like no that's no no that's no reason for that because Earth was not failing in Enderverse yeah no I know Enderverse yeah, was totally but, racist no it's racist there here it's fine <laughs> well here it's fine because they give reasons they're also like oh the world came out of this period of like basically a third world war or a fourth I don't know what they're on right now which one they're on but um, there could have been another one yeah so they're on like a, they just came out of a world war and national tensions are high so it makes sense to keep them separate. <laughs> go to your rooms. It literally is Bob saying go to your rooms. But here's the other thing. It also might result <laughs> in, like, later, them building up, like, their their planet becoming, like, militarized and trying to attack the other nationality planets. That's totally true. That's a concern. That's a total concern, yeah. Like, you want to keep humanity somewhat unified and just be like, hey, look, live with each other, because you're always going to have to. I think the Bobs need to, uh... I think Bill's going to need to keep the arms race going so the Bobs always have the superior weapons and technology. No, that's true. Because, like, the Bobs, I think, are end up getting... Because we talked about, like, what it'll look like in thousands of years, and I think it's going to end up being the Bobs are kind of the mediators between the various planets. Yeah, I can see that. Because it mean, happened on Earth. Like, they were the impartial And I can see arbiters. humanity basically doing what the Deltas did and be like, you know what, fuck off. You don't know best. Like, you're also human. You're not, you know, better than us. Yeah, right. Although, as they become older, I think the Bobs become, like, more lore, less, like, a desperate creation we made in the last moments of hum- of Earth. Yeah. Like, eventually, Bobs are going to become, like, oh, there have always been Bobs. Well, even by the end of the series, it was kind of almost like that for the young Bobs. Like, they'd see Bob 1 in- at the at the Bob moon, and they'd be like, oh, man, there's Bob 1. He'd be, like, a celebrity, and it's oh, like, shit. that's you. Yeah, shit's going down today. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, uh, it's interesting how that happens. Like, there's, like, legendary Bobs who have been around, like, since forever. Like, that first generation is, like, has so much status just, like, within Bobnet, not even within, like, the universe at large so much. Yeah, but, like, as time goes on, like, the original Bob is now going to be, like, a thousand years old in the blink of an eye, basically. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like they are going to become these, like, sort of behemoth, interstellar, like, grand unreachable types of guys and even though they're human because like there will probably be a degree to which like human culture will evolve and bob culture maybe will evolve but if it does it'll evolve like in a different direction probably yeah it's like i'm really curious to see what the relations will be Mm -hmm. i say as if this is real world i mean i don't know (laughs) i think a rich artificial world you should be able to talk about just as much with the real world yeah i mean i think you can speculate about it i think uh you know i think a good author gives you enough about that universe to like make you go hmm I wonder like what the you know the asking the question I wonder what things will be like in a thousand years means it's a good universe to me that's very true yes so what was you wanted to talk about what did you say you mentioned something you want to talk about oh intelligent life oh yeah I think it's really uh it's got huge implications the amount of intelligent life that they find in the universe yup like, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of like the opposite of the Fermi paradox. It's like, oh, there can't be intelligent life because it, uh, if there was, it wouldn't have contacted us by now. And I'm like, oh, wait, we're, we just seem to be one of the first ones. Like, <laughs> they, they found within the span of like 200 years, three other forms of intelligent life. Granted, they annihilated one, so that one's gone, but there's two now. Well, they found evidence <laughs> of more. Like, chug, the chug, others chug a killed a lot. No, that's true, too. Yeah. They, they found, like, more than one place with, you know, civilization that was destroyed by the others. 
so it, it definitely is like pretty common in the universe and i think it's interesting that like in that sense you're like so humans must have been early in the sort of intelligence development game good and for it's us so much more believable to me like the idea that yeah like, oh maybe it's our- not that they don't exist it's just that like we're ahead of the curve yeah our or solar equal. system happened to settle earlier and yeah equal honestly is fine because we can't communicate interstellar either uh yeah the only people who were ahead of us were the others and we killed them so it's like it. <laughs> yeah and we, we showed them, them we would what happens to people who are more advanced than us we kill you <laughs> we d- destroy your entire system <laughs> we force yeah. you star into supernova hello <laughs> we're humans what's up how we do not deal well with competition <laughs> we don't play with <laughs> no so like i think yeah you're right it's nuts how how common they are and like you know, I don't know you look at like the the studies that have been done about like how likely evolution of life is probably going to happen and, you know mind you there's like no basis for it i don't know how they do those studies but i do know like i read them it's, and, like, it's only within the scope of how it de- how it developed here like they're like so here are the characteristics of earth here's how many planets we think exist like earth yeah with water and (laughs) like it's so hard and so speculative and we could be so off in either direction yeah it's a pain yes life might be way more common than we think or way rarer than we think yeah i mean there's so there's one book series that you and i are gonna have to eventually call uh, the foundation series by isaac asimov and it's like it is for those of you don't know it like the pinnacle of old sci-fi like Isaac Asimov mm-hmm. wrote it, it like was about thousands of years in the future when Earth is basically just a myth. It was about oh, the collapse of a galactic empire. Like it was, it was very, very, very cool. And it wasn't like the empire like Star Wars, like dun, 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 dun. like no, it, it was like a pretty benevolent empire. You know, it, it, yeah. it existed to instill order, not to, you know, I mean, like obviously, like people gained from it, but like it, its purpose was to primarily create a, a galaxy of order without the inner squabbling of, of nation states. And it, like, had this one, uh, capital, anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, like, yeah. <laughs> in that series, there was nothing else. And, like, the em- the whole empire... The universe is for the taking. Yeah, then the whole empire had, like, transversed the galaxy. Like, it was across the galaxy, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of worlds that were inhabited. And that was like a weird thing to me that like Isaac Asimov didn't just just decided like I don't know if it was like he didn't want to tackle the alien issue or maybe like he decided aliens are less likely than not or maybe he just want to in, you know pursue that line of questioning but the idea that there was like no aliens there was so weird that is yeah that's like almost spooky yeah it's like it's like, being it's like the same feeling house. you get when you're in a house by yourself <laughs> oh that was weird CC <laughs> why was that weird because we did the same Analogy. Did you not hear me? Oh, were you about to say that? I didn't hear you I say that. That's that hilarious. Um, but yeah, no. It's like very weird. And it's way more terrifying because it's a massive galaxy. It also means that like any threat you face will be human, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I'd so much rather... If I'm going to get exterminated, I'd so much rather be by evil aliens. Exactly. And like preferably painlessly. Yeah. I like, mean... If I'm, if I'm yeah. being picky. I don't know how the others killed people. They eat them, though, so I'm not, like, super cool with that. I think it's unlikely that they, uh... That, that they that they keep them alive during it, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Fresh meat. Hmm. It'd be really annoying. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, hmm. God, that's such a disturbing idea that they took them back to their... Like, the 12-year trip and kept them alive the whole time. 
<laughs> they probably have cryogenics, let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. Captain oh, Monix. no, shit, they didn't. We know that for a fact that they didn't. Why? Because of the cargo ships. Yeah. They didn't have cryogenics on them, CC. Unless they just froze them. I mean, the, the, the cargo them. ships weren't, like, driven by um, replicants, though. You know, they needed, like, a crew. Yeah, but, like, the crew... What I mean, saying? Are you saying the crew needed just like chow down on some indigenous life? I'm saying like no, to get no, the no. I mean, they definitely back. took the humans back, but I'm saying like they had a, the reason that they didn't need cryogenics on the ship is because they had a crew. Oh no, had, no. Like, but I'm saying like oh, I'm saying it's unlikely that they didn't that they would have kept the people alive because then they would have had to feed them all the way back. No, yeah, totally. That's a waste of resources. So they probably, but like, but they didn't have cryogenics, so that means they killed them first, and then put them on the ship. Yeah, put them on ice. Yeah. All right. In a literal sense, maybe more than a physical. So, uh, so they killed them in their in the system they started. It. Maybe they put them in a uh, airlock and just like let the space freeze them up. Yeah, just <laughs> freeze them. Like the Martian. <laughs> yeah. What they like talked the about in the Martian. <laughs> well, we, we like we talked about her doing in the Martian. Did we? Yeah, when we talked about the one woman who... Oh, oh yeah, no, we totally did. <laughs> Again, speculating. We do a lot of speculating on this podcast. Yes, yes. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> are we are we done with the bobs? Uh, yeah, I think we're... I think we're mm, wait. No, what was the thing? <laughs> oh, I just want to, like, shout out to Taylor about uh, using uh, 3D printing as, like, the... So, it, there's, like, an evolution of technology where, like, Everyone's, you know, originally the future of technology was, like, nanotechnology. Like, let's build small robots to build structures and shit, right? Like, that was, like, mm-hmm. the idea before. And now it's, right. like, let's use 3D printing. And I thought that was kind of awesome. The idea yeah, it's that, very, like, it's very hot right now. The idea that, like, hey, you know, von Neumann probes aren't totally impossible. Because, like, we no, have 3D printing and it's progressing at a remarkable rate. And the like, idea of putting a human intelligence in a von Neumann probe is really interesting, too. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I you don't mean, have to, like, code one. It's a human. It's going to have human loyalties. It's not going to go rogue on you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, the idea of, like, you know, oh, evil AI. Although I think that's equally ridiculous as the always malicious aliens. But... No, yeah, totally, totally. I, I do think that that is, like, you... It's more predictable of what the human intelligence is going to do than the than the completely unknown AI intelligence, like the alien... Yeah, you don't have to put on all that work. <laughs> I guess you have to figure out how to, you know, do the whole replicant thing, but... I don't know. It seems like I mean, less work. They're already pretty somehow. pretty much working on that right now, like uh, Google's DeepThink. Oh, AI, you mean? Yeah. Like, Not we're, we're well on our way. And I think once we've got it figured out, we can just have the AI make another AI. That's... You know? Like, let's get the first AI to build a second AI. I guess, maybe... Isn't I, mean, it? I don't know. I don't want to do it. In something? What? I think that's in something. Anyway, keep talking. I'm going to think about this for a little bit. <laughs> so like, uh, I've I got some thinking to do. <laughs> I, think our, I think using 3D printers in this was like very cool, and also it made it like a, hmm, this is something that's accurate. Because like right now, uh, they've got metal 3D printers that can create metal parts. Not just So it's not yeah. just polymers anymore. They've got that. Um, I mean, they 3D print cells, biological cells. Yeah, exactly. They have 3D printing biological cells. Like, if you can do that... You know, materials is not far on the line, and as we and get, people are really working on it too. Like, I really do believe that we, within a hundred years or so, we can do like the atom by atom, for yeah. printing. And that is the nuts part. Like the idea that like, oh, I've got, you know, like that's even better than in this book because this book talks about like, oh, we need this amount, you know, we need a bunch of heavy metals. Oh, well, hmm. Basically, all you'll need is some atoms and hydrogen for your fusion reactor, and you're set. 
<laughs> if, we, if, if we get to the point where we can build atom by atom materials. Yeah, I mean, you still need a lot, right? You, like, you still need to harvest in, in the system you're in, but... Right, yeah, right. I, like, I agree. I don't think it's... I think of all the technologies described in this book, that's definitely one of the most realistic. Yeah, I think that's realistic, and I think the idea of, like, uh, intelligence is realistic, because, you know, like I said, like, deep think is getting there. We're definitely and working on AI, for sure. AI technologies right now are, are progressing, and there's tons of money in it. There's that Facebook AI, though. It scares the crap out of me. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think that about wraps things up. Um, I think so too. I think it's been a uh, good couple episodes. Yeah. Hopefully you agree, listeners. 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 You, you all. <laughs> y'all. Y'all. Hope y'all agree. <laughs> so our uh, our next Cece, do you have the date for our next episode? Oh yeah, I had it up and then I lost it. I think it's the ninth of mm, April. Yes, the ninth of April will be our next episode. Okay, great. So um, we'll be releasing on the 9th of April. We'll be doing Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Yeah, so, uh, you know, join us on uh, Mar- or a- wait, April 9th for April uh, 9th. episode. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's about, uh, you know, evolution, taking uh, some different paths, and humans killing themselves again, which is always fun. It's a common theme in sci-fi for sure. <laughs> so if you, uh, <laughs> if you like the episode, go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, rate, uh, comment subscribe on subscribe uh, on iTunes not that Apple bo- podcast bullshit go to iTunes and find <laughs> us uh, no find us wherever um, we're you know we're all over I, I Google it to, like, a ton of we show up yeah we, we do show up we're, like, the, we're in the top three options now if you search signifying nothing network alright yeah so go um, us signifyingnothingnetwork.com oh, is our n- network website uh, Slash sci fi sidebar uh, if you want to go to our podcast page. No, shout out to you, like seven members that have uh, created accounts on our website and haven't posted anything. Like, seriously, though, like, reach out. I would like to know if you're real. And also, we mention this every episode. I wonder, like, <laughs> what kind of people actually listen to this show. I know. I would honestly love to talk to you guys so much, both for feedback and just to, I guess, know why you're interested and, and just know like, that you are interested. Just chill. Yeah. And just chill. Just chill, man. Are you doing silly? Cool. Hit me up. <laughs> it's weird. No, that got weird. <laughs> No? Is that weird? Okay. I take it back. I don't live there. <laughs> my address is. <laughs> and my husband's a cop. Uh, okay. Um, so anyway. <laughs> so you can email us if you have any topic ideas or maybe you just want to just, just, just to chill, as previously mentioned. Is a sci-fi sidebar <laughs> at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. Go ahead and, uh, you know, just, just reach out. Um... Oh, Facebook.com. Uh, mention our Facebook page. Sci-Fi Sidebar. There you go. Or Signify Nothing Network. Um, also, Facebook. Uh, Peter else? sometimes releases another podcast. <laughs> I, oh, I'm, I, seriously, I've got to get back to that. He's very busy. He's a very I'm busy so, boy. I, I'm busy. I, the prep work kills me. Because it's like three hours of prep for a 15-minute episode. <laughs> okay, guys. But they're very interesting. All right. So this has been uh, Sci-Fi Sidebar by the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots. Uh, Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.